we are doing a, a series and we're calling it in training. In training. And one thing about training is this, is that if training is going to be, uh, if we're going to uh, achieve, if you will, our goals that we may have for 2012, spiritual goals or whatever goals they might be, physical goals, there's got to be something called, and it starts with a C. Can anyone tell me what that is? Consistency. Amen. What did you say? Yeah, well, commitment would be a good one as well. All right. So we want to have some consistency in 2012. Amen? Anybody in training for anything this year so far? All right. So as you are consistent, praise the Lord, and as you apply the spiritual disciplines that we've been talking about for several weeks, you'll be able then to achieve your goal. And I believe that God's plan for us, all of us, is to have a happy and a stable and a fruitful and blessed life so that we can be a blessing, amen, first of all, be blessed, but also be a blessing, amen. Now, some of the things that we have looked at in the area of spiritual disciplines are, we looked, we've looked at, we must be disciplined in the Word, be students of the Word, we must be disciplined in prayer, and uh, now we're talking about we must be disciplined in the area of our words, of our words, okay? But I want to I wanna talk a little bit about training, just for, just for a few moments tonight. When we are in training, we need to be aware that there are some dangers involved, okay? First of all, don't make the mistake of thinking that just because you know something... <laughs> that you're doing it. Okay? That you're doing it. The Bible talks about being a hearer of the word and being a doer of the word as well. And it is the hearer and the doer, it is those who are going to be blessed in their doing. Okay? And uh, why then should you and I be in training? How many of you know at some point in your life, you're going to need to ex both to exert and to endure. Because quite frankly, life and death situations come up, do they not? And it takes some exertion to put forth our faith, uh, to pray fervently, to, to do the things that are necessary so that we can get through a test and get through a trial. But not only does it take some exertion in this race that we are in, but it also takes some endurance. Everyone say endurance. endurance. You see, we can only exert for so long and then we will need to endure. Endure. You know, you think about the Word of God where it talks about enduring, enduring hardness as a good soldier. So endurance then speaks to us of consistency. Endurance speaks to me of keeping it together under pressure. You know, we'd like to believe that because we've entered into a new year, we'll never experience any more pressure. 
But that's not just true. The nature of the beast and the nature of the world system, it does contain pressure. The good news is you and I have been given the ability to press by the grace of God through the pressure. Paul would have never said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus if he wasn't going to have to press through some of the things that were going to try to keep him from hitting the mark. And so we're excited about the new year and we all have marks, we all have goals. I just want to exhort you a little bit. Be consistent, exhort and endure. Stay strong in the Lord and in the power of His might and you will be able to reach by the favor of God and by the grace of God the marks that God set out for you. The Bible says, blessed, happy, to be envied is the man. That endures temptation. And then another reason why we must be in training is we must be in training for the sake of others. We're blessed to be a blessing. Training makes a difference for you, but you also know that the people around you glean much benefit when you're at your best. Moms and dads, when you're at your best, your children are going to be at their best. Husbands, when you are at your best, your marriage is going to be at its best. Wives, when you're at your best and you're putting forth your best effort to be a blessing in your household, it is going to be days of heaven on earth in your marriage. Quite frankly, how we conduct ourselves, how we carry ourselves as Christians, and the examples that we have For the people that are around us, really, really is important. I am very conscious of the fact that I must stay in training for the sake of others. I don't do what I do for myself. I enjoy what I do, but I do it for the sake and for the cause of Christ. I want to be at my very best for Him. Because I know That there's just not a whole lot of time left here on earth. You have noticed that time is slipping by. And then we must be in training because quite frankly we are in a battle. The Bible talks about that battle in Ephesians chapter 6. And so while we are in training, we must make sure then that we have on the whole armor and the full armor of God. Because when we do, we'll be able to stand against all the wiles of the devil. In other words, the enemy will not be able to throw anything at us that we're not ready for. The shield of faith will block it. The sword of the spirit will cut it. You just tell the devil, I'm going to cut you. I'm going to cut you. Amen. Go gangsta on the devil. But now let's get back to our words. You see, our words are containers. And we should load our words with kindness. Our words from the Word of God should be loaded with grace and with hope and with faith. The words that we speak based on the Word of God 
should be words that are filled with victory. Filled with faith. Filled with life. You know, Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are what? God's word is life. God's word in you coming out of your mouth also is life. Proverbs said it this way. He said that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life. Is it important what we say? Is it important what we say every day? Is it important what we say to ourselves? What kind of conversations are you having with yourself in the privacy of your own home? In the privacy of your automobile? Words are incredibly powerful. And words are incredibly important. And I tell you tonight, I cannot afford to speak careless, negative words over my life. I cannot afford to speak negative words about my health. I can't do it. I've got a revelation that God has designed men and women to live by the word of God and to live by what they believe and what they say on a regular basis. I am not going to speak negative words about my nation. I'm not going to do it. I found out recently, glory to God, that God's not done with the USA. And I also found out that the USA ain't done with God. Now that's some good news. And you're going to hear a lot of spiritual forecasts over the nation. You're going to hear about economic disasters. I tell you what, as for me and my house and the church I pastor, we are not going down. We are going up. We are going over and we are going to make it through. You do not have to buy into someone's word from God. If it doesn't line up with the word of God. Come on now, that's good preaching. I said you don't have to buy into someone's word from God if it doesn't line up from the, with the word of God. Thank you. Economic disaster. Going down the tube. No, that ain't us. I'm not buying into that. I'm not believing that. And I refuse to speak it. Be very careful what you say about what the doctors say about you. Doctors will label you. They will tell you that you have this and you have that. You may have the symptoms of it. It might be a fact in the natural realm, but in the spirit realm, you are the healed. And I've learned to live that way. Glory to God. We can't afford to be glib with our words. We can't, be, can't afford to be glib and to be negative about the Bay Area. About the community that we live in. In Proverbs 13, verse 3, in the New King James Version, I want us to look at that scripture tonight. Words. Faith-filled words. 
dominate the laws of sin and death. I was looking at some notes that we took along to Samoa with us. And let me just tell you something about words. Words have the power of life and death. Words have the power to bring sweetness to our souls. Words can bring health to our bodies. Words produce fruit. Did you know that your words can turn away anger? The Bible says that a soft answer, what does it do? It turns away wrath. Now your flesh doesn't want to give a soft answer. But that's that press. Come on. That's that pressure coming against your flesh. See, the enemy will press your flesh to see what you got in your spirit. (laughs) Soft answer turns away wrath. Well, words can frame our world. Words can snare us. Words can take us places. Listen to this. Words can make mountains jump and trees die. Words can bind the devil. Words can loose God's power. Words can make tremendous power available. Words can stop winds and waves. Words can eradicate fevers and heal sick bodies. Do you know that fevers can hear the word of faith? Amen. Words can give wisdom and kindness. Words teach. Words impart grace. Word brings us salvation. Think about that. Your words impart grace. And that's why he tells us, don't let any corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But only that which is good to the spiritual progress of others, that it may impart blessing and edification to them. Amen. They impart grace. Words feed people. Words turn away anger. Words make a way where there is no way. Proverbs 13.3 says, He who guards his mouth preserves his life. But he who opened wide his lips shall have destruction. Notice this. He that keeps his mouth keeps his life. He's not talking about being some sort of a wise guy. And if you wise off and say something, your life could be in trouble. No. He's talking about your words as a way of life based on the word of God can keep your life. Amen. Proverbs 21 verse 23. Look at that in the New King James. Proverbs 21 verse 23 says, Whoever guards his mouth and his tongue keeps his soul from troubles. You guard your mouth, you guard your tongue, you keep your brain. You keep your soul. Your soul from troubles. So words then are containers. Let's load them up with health. Let's load them up with prosperity. Glory to God. Let's load them up with the love of God. Now, how many of you have high hopes for 2012? I got some high hopes. And what is hope? Hope is having a confident, favorable expectation of something good. Based on what God's word said. Amen? So, then... Never speak words that contradict or speak against your hope. Amen. Don't speak words of doubt or fear or unbelief. Let's let's look at it like this. Your head 
in my head right up here, our soul is, I guess what you'd call like information central. Okay? In your head, there's all sorts of funny things. All sorts of thoughts that kind of are random, right? That just kind of come from nowhere. Well, you don't have to take those thoughts. Because those thoughts, quite frankly, that don't align themselves with the Word of God are really not your thoughts. It's just the enemy's suggestions. Trying to get those thoughts from your head down here. And right here, I'm going to do a heart. Okay, there's, there's a heart, right? The love of God. The peace of God. The joy of the Lord. Right? High hopes. It's all where? It's all in our heart. But your mind is information central. And you will find that your mind very often contradicts what you have in your heart. But I have discovered this. That faith and joy and hope in my heart will override the doubt the fear and the unbelief that may be coming to my head. If I don't allow that which is up here to come out of here. If it doesn't come out of here, it'll never affect what's down here. And you are a spirit being created in the image and likeness of God. Glory to God. In your spirit is with the production of life happens. And that's why he said, cast down imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God or what you know down here. Cast them down. Bring, in the, bring them into captivity. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. Oh, thank you, Lord. So, we are not a head, are we? We are a spirit. We have a soul. And we live in a body. But I believe this. That we can even train information central... To such a degree where we become disciplined to a point where we develop the powers of concentration and the powers of focus even up here. What are we thinking on? See, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And that's why he said in Philippians 4.8, he said, now look. Only think on the things which are good and pure and lovely and good report. He said, all of those things, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, do what? Think on these things. Keep that up here, right here, right now. God's got a list. And you need to put a bouncer at the door of your soul. And when those things come knocking on your soul, trying to get in to your life, you just tell the bouncer... Don't belong here. You're not on the list. I resist. 
See, there's a lot of things that are not on God's list that we waste so much time thinking on and talking about. Oh, but God's list is good. God's list is pure. God's list is full of life. Amen? All right, so we ready to go a little bit further. Thank you. So it is possible to have faith, hope, and peace in your heart and at the same time have fear, doubt, and belief in your head. Okay? And then... Fear, doubt, and unbelief in your head will never make it to your heart unless it passes through your mouth. Look at Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart. Guard your ear gate. Guard what you see. Guard what you think on. Guard what you watch on television. Guard who you allow to speak into your life. You gotta guard your garden. You gotta guard your soul. Guard your heart. You know, years ago I heard a someone say, you know, and don't want to judge anybody, but I heard someone say, Well, you know, all these R rated movies, they don't bother me. Well, they have already bothered him. You get what I'm saying? Because the mere fact that a person says all those R-rated movies don't bother me tell me that they've been meditating on a lot of R-rated movies and they've gotten to a point where their conscience has been seared. I'll guarantee you, you drink enough hot black coffee, you'll be able to chug it down without even it bothering you. Why? Because it's been seared. And that's what happened with a lot of Christians. A lot of Christians have had their conscience seared. Just seared. To where, you know, things used to bother them in the beginning stages. But over practice and doing over and over and over again, it doesn't bother them so much anymore. And then the enemy comes along and brings a rationale to their soul and tells them, well, you know, it must be all right. You know, you're not feeling anything here. You used to feel guilty, but you're not feeling anything. That's a deception. That's a lie of the enemy. That is a conscience that's been seared. And that's why it's so important to watch our habits. See, habits can become ways of life after a certain amount of days, after a certain amount of weeks. You can fall into the habit of not reading the Word. You can fall into the habit of not praying. You can fall into the habits of the flesh. And after a while, just because, you know, you don't feel any guilt and feel any remorse, you're thinking it must be all right. I'll tell you by the Word of the Lord, it ain't all right. It's wrong. And it's time to make those things that are wrong right. So that which is wrong in your life can be made right. Now here's, here's another truth that I, I saw recently. I was listening to something recently and it's just, uh, it's kind of branded in my spirit because it, it helps me to understand where a lot of Christians are at. See, I'm a pastor and I love people. And I never want to turn people away because as a pastor, you're called to gather sheep and not to scatter sheep. 
Are you listening to me? Yeah. But sometimes I get, I get puzzled by the landscape of Christianity. And, I, and I'm, I'm not being negative here, but it's just, it's, it, it's an odd. See, people that aren't committed are an oddity to me. It's just, it's strange. It's odd. I don't understand it. But A.R. Bernard helped me out. He was a Black Panther. And he was a radical Black Panther. And uh, he also was a Muslim. And firmly believed in Islam. He was sold out from Brooklyn, New York. And if you saw him today, I mean, he's as gentle as gentle can be. You'd never think that guy was into all that stuff. But he said, you know, when he first got saved, he started witnessing to a lot of his Muslim friends. And a lot of his Muslim friends started getting saved. How many of you know that there's Muslims, there's Hindus, there's Buddhists that are hungry for the truth? That is why we should never turn a deaf ear away from the hard cry of those that are bound in false religions. But we should be light and salt and a blessing in the world in which we live. And so, uh, he started getting a lot of them saved. And by the way, he's got a church in Brooklyn, a struggling church of 35,000. So anybody that has a church of 35,000 in Brooklyn, I want to listen to. I want to see what's going on. He's also been voted one of the top, uh, 100 top influential black men in New York City. They say that he's right behind Harry Belafonte. Belafonte's one, he's two. And they kid about, I guess Belafonte's going to have to die before he gets to be number one. But we're talking about a gentleman that has his stuff together. Very, very spiritual and yet very intellectual. And uh, started getting a lot of these black Muslim people saved and they start coming to his church. Well, his house, you know, got shot up. Price to pay. His house got shot up. He's, he's had bomb threats. All sorts of things. But you know what? He didn't back off. And he didn't get a negative view. He just kept on doing what he knew to do. And he was speaking recently. How many have ever heard of Liberty College in Lynchburg? Jerry Falwell's school. Jerry's with the Lord. But thousands of students just Thousands and thousands of students. And, and he was encouraging them about adopting a word view versus adopting a worldview. And how many of you know the world we live in? I mean, it's nutso. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, it is so twisted that, you know, the laws are crazy. So, I mean, like one guy was going to break into a store and rob it. Full intention to just go in there and rob everything in the store he possibly could. Well, the ceiling, the roof was weak and he fell through. He sued the place and got $250,000. Are you kidding me? Nuts. One guy who murdered the mayor of San Francisco 
And another guy, his defense attorney, said that he was suffering from Twinkie syndrome. <laughs> Twinkie, yeah. His mind and his, his, his uh, decision processes were clouded because he ate a lot of junk food. And they went light on him. Can you believe it? But anyway, that wasn't in the message. That was not my point. Yeah. Can you imagine? I've got, I've got taco syndrome. That's why I, I cussed you out in Spanish. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just excuses, excuses. And so Ayer Bernard says that, you know, there's basically two views. There's theism, those who believe in God. That's what theism is. And there's anti-theism, those who don't believe in God, or those that are anti-Christ. That's what an atheist is. He does not believe in God. Okay? And so it's not difficult to see Many times the lifestyle of atheists, because if there's no God, then all the restraints are off, right? But then he says, over here are those that really believe in God, but then there are some people that are in the middle. They're in the middle. And he says, the people that are in the middle are not anti-Christ. They believe in God, saved and born again. But they live like there is no God. They live like there is no God. And so that helps me to understand as a pastor when I see people sort of nonchalantly going through their walk with God, take it or leave it attitude. They're saved. They're born again. God loves them. We love them. We're going to feed them. We're going to bless them. But quite frankly, God is the furthest thing from their minds. And that's why we should flood our souls with kingdom principles. Flood our souls with the word of God. See, the Bible says... In Philippians, to let this mind be in you, which was where? Which was also in Christ Jesus. So when we say that we have the mind of Christ, when we declare that by believing it and speaking it, we are not saying something lightly. What we are saying that we have the same mind and same mindset that Christ has. Amen. And so in 2012, let's go all the way with God. Quickly turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. Say with me, I have the spirit of faith. You have the same spirit of faith that David had. The same spirit of faith that Daniel had. Really the same spirit of faith that Jesus had. Now here's how the spirit of faith demonstrates itself. It says, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe 
And therefore, we what? Did you know that you will speak what you believe? You spend two or three minutes with a person and just listen very carefully. You'll locate them and you will find out what they believe. Look at Romans chapter 10 verses 6 through 10 right now. I have the spirit of faith. You have the spirit of faith. I believed and therefore have I spoken. Romans chapter 8, uh, 10, verse 6, uh, 10, 6 through 10 says, But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Here's, he tells us things not to say. Don't say in your heart, Who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who will ascend into the abyss? That is to bring up Christ from the dead. But here's what the spirit of faith says. The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Read the rest with me. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Now notice verse 10. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's how you got the greatest gift of all, the gift of salvation, by believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth, and you came unto salvation. To get unto salvation and to get unto the things that God has got for us, we must believe His Word and declare His Word. The heart and the mouth are connected. Gloria Copeland says it this way, in order for faith to really work and to operate, it needs to be in two places. It needs to be in our heart and where? In our mouth. Now look at Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 and 6. Hebrews chapter 13. So what should I embrace? You know, what should I, what should I speak? What should I say? What should I do? We should find out what God said, and then we should boldly say what He said. We should own up to it, confess it, or say the same thing that God said about our situation. Look at here in verse 5. It says, let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. For He has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So find out what he said, notice verse 6, so that we may boldly say, the Lord's my helper. For he hath said he would supply our needs. Now we can boldly say, he is my supplier. For he hath said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now we may boldly say, oh, his joy is strengthening me every day. In other words, whatever God's word said about you, you say it, you quote it, and you live in it. Now, in closing, I want to share with you an an illustration I believe that will help all of us. And I think that we could see it very clearly, perhaps if we did it where we had some signs and we had some people up here, but in your mind's eye, I want you to see with me three situations. 
And in the middle, there's the word but. Okay? On the left-hand side is the pain. Amen? Now, most people talk Scripture, but they say, I'm in such pain. Right now, pain's over here. They'll say, I know that the Word of God says, by the stripes of Jesus Christ, I'm healed, but my body hurts so much, I've never been in so much pain. You just nullified what you said on the left side of the butt. You need to stay on the right side of the butt. Here's how it should be. Here's the problem over here. Man, I'll tell you what, I have never been in so much pain in my life. But the word of God says he bore my sicknesses and carried my pains. And I'm standing on the word of God. So over here, you're feeling better. You're doing good. What about the economy? Man, I know the word of God says he supplies my needs. I know that God said that he would bless the tither and open up the windows of heaven. But did you see the news last night? Did you hear what they're forecasting for 2012? Are you listening to me? And so that confession over here, which was weak, is nullified. Here's what we need to do. Yeah, we live in a real world. Yes, it's tough out there. But greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm not going to let a bad report keep me down. I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. I'm going to stand on the word of God. You know, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed out begging for bread. I'm living on the happy side of life. Well, pastor, I know, you know, the Bible says that, man, you know, we overcome and I understand that, but... Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. I mean, it's, 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 it's not just bad. It was bad last week, but it's double bad now. Okay, so that over there has been nullified. Let's reverse it. Man, it's tough. It, it, it looks like it's getting tougher. It looks like there's no way out. But... There's no temptation taking me, but such as a common to man. My God is faithful who always provides a way of escape for me. I'm coming up. I'm coming out. I'm going to the other side. Are you listening to me? See, most people admit the truth from Scripture if they know it. But they don't place it properly in their priority, in their thought, in their speaking. I am just telling you to live on the right side of the butt. Amen. Speak what God's word says. How about this? Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers me out of them all. I'm on the right side. I'm over here on God's side. In the world, you'll have tribulation, but I'm of good cheer. For Jesus has overcome the world, and I am a world. Come on, somebody. 
I am a world overcomer. It looks like we're going down, but we are the head. We are not the tail. We are above and we are not beneath. So I said all this in this lesson tonight, which took quite a while. I said all this to say this. Train yourself. Be consistent with your words. And I don't care if they call you blab it and grab it. I care less if they call you name it and claim it. I heard Brother Copeland say years ago, I'm one guy that blabbed it, grabbed it, and got it. I'm one guy that named it and claimed it. And by the grace of God, we will have it. Amen. The Bible says how forcible are right words. Just want to encourage you a little bit to speak God's word as a daily, daily part of your life. And life will get better. Let's all stand to our feet. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Brother Hagin said this, the key to the God kind of faith is believing with the heart and confessing with the mouth. He said this years ago. He said, our lips can make us millionaires or keep us paupers. He said, our lips can make us victors or keep us captives. Faith create, faith's confessions create realities. Realization follows confession and confession precedes possession. So lift up both of your hands and say with me, I declare that even in the midst of trouble, I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony. I declare that in the natural realm, when there's no promotion to be had, I find favor with God and man. Therefore, I declare that promotion time has come. My promotion comes from the Lord. The favor of God is for my advantage. I have preferential treatment by the favor of God. By this, I know that my enemies... Do not triumph for me, triumph over me, because you favor me. And your favor not only is for my advantage, but it's right there in the valley of the shadow of death. Right in my adversity, favor finds me and favor takes me through. I declare in 2012... That I will speak the word of the Lord and heavy fog shall saturate my family, saturate my body, my nation, and this church in the name of Jesus. Do you believe it? Well, I think it's time to give God some praise then. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. (laughs) Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord.